Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church Podcast. Today we will be in chapter 3 of Daniel, lesson number 46. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1.9 as may or may not be necessary. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Please prepare our hearts, minds, and souls for the intake of the scripture. Metabolize it into our soul. Help us, guide us, keep us safe. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, like I said, lesson number 46 in the book of Daniel. Last week, taught in summary fashion the doctrine of the angel of the Lord, we are now ready to begin Daniel 3.27. But before continuing, let me give you an expanded translation of Daniel chapter 3, verses 24 through 26. After King Nebuchadnezzar arrived from the palace, he looked into the furnace and was astounded. What he saw caused him to leap to his feet. The king turned to his chief of staff. Didn't we throw all three men into the fire, and were not their hands and feet tied? One of the cabinet members answered, Certainly, O king. King Nebuchadnezzar then said, Oh, look, I see four men unbound. In fact, they are all four walking around in the furnace. There are flames leaping up around them, but they seem to be unharmed, and the fourth man looks like the son of one of our gods. Then... After the furnace had cooled down somewhat, Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the furnace and spoke. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then the three men came out of the furnace. All right, now let's see what we can learn from verse 27. In the KJV, and the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was a hair on their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. And then the NIV, And the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. So principles. Imagine the excitement of the dignitaries who were gathered together near the furnace to see what was happening. God created a fantastic witness when the visiting firemen saw the three men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Hebrews 11.34 says, There were men of faith who quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and whom became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. What an opportunity for them to change their eternal future by one decision. Since God had not revealed to us how many believed, if any, because of their witness, let's see what we do know. 
First, let's take a look at the King's reaction in the KJV of 328. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. In the NIV, then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Point one, the king is impressed with the lives of the three young men. Their lives are a witness to King Nebuchadnezzar. And recall, in all our previous study of witnessing, we learn how we witness both with our words and our lives. 1 Thessalonians 2, 6 through 9, We are not looking for praise from men, not from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you. But we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you have become so dear to us. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel to you. Again, Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 3.26 verbally acknowledged the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as the one who could send an angel to deliver such men from the fiery furnace, but his statement is more of an observation and not a statement of faith. God completely rescued his servants, an obvious empirical fact. There can be little doubt that the king was impressed with the ability of a god who could accomplish such a spectacular feat. But again, he was impressed with the manifestation of the power rather than the source of the power. His false values prompted the king to completely reverse his formal edict of praise for the God of Daniel and formulate another monstrous law, a new law which resulted again in the same interference with human volition. You will worship the golden image. He will now make a third decree. Let's look at the decree in KJV Daniel 3.29. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. And in the NIV, Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Unfortunately, King Nebuchadnezzar had missed the whole point. He saw the miracle, but he did not receive the message. 
While he was awed by the greatness of God, he rejected the grace in God, of God and salvation. In the new decree, Nebuchadnezzar reversed his position, clearly revealing the instability of an unbeliever. He had been wrong to force his subject to worship, worship a golden image. He was just as wrong to demand that his subjects not speak ill of Jehovah. People must come to Christ of their own free will. Only then do they have the right or reason to worship him. True worship is a manifestation of adoration, but without a relationship, there can be no love and activities in the name of Christianity mean no more than a genuflection itself. Another point of doctrine, instability is not the monopoly of unbelievers. A believer out of fellowship can commit any sin, overt or mental, and be just as unstable as nitroglycerin. Had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego been out of fellowship and or negative toward doctrine, they would have lacked the stability to faith during their ultimate fiery test in the furnace. Nebuchadnezzar had just implemented a state religion. State-sponsored religion is anti-biblical and could only produce evil. Believers should never promote legislation whereby the state supports Christianity or any other religion. This is not a function of the government. During the Middle Ages, more accurately known as the Dark Ages, the state paid the salaries of the clergy, and these men became powerful and influential. The people under their rule experienced deplorable conditions, just as will occur when the Antichrist supports the High Church of Rome during the Tribulation. The Church of the Middle Ages is described as the Church of Thyatira in Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 through 24, and that reads, To the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, by her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of their ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any, any other burden on you. So when Nebuchadnezzar said, I make a decree, he abandoned his attempt to force idol worship on his empire. However, the principle of coercion remained the same. 
Although he was impressed with the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he overlooked the fact that God does not need the sponsorship of any king or state. Where there is law and order in a strong national entity, evangelism can be conducted under ideal conditions. Fusion of church and state or coercion invariably destroys the issue of the gospel. It's obvious that Nebuchadnezzar habitually used a system of intimidation to maintain control within his kingdom. In Daniel 2.5, the king threatened the members of the cabinet in the same way. In Daniel 2.5, the king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have finally decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. So to have them cut in pieces and their house made a dunghill was apparently used frequently to obtain obedience. Rich or poor, great or small, stood to lose their dearest possession, life itself. Thus, this order also attempted to neutralize the volition of everyone but the king. It is God who is in charge, and it is he who protects his own. He also protects his divine institution of volition. And that concludes lesson number 46 in the book of Daniel. As always, thanks for being here today. I look forward to being with you again next week. If there's anyone out there without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, please believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That is all you got to do. Name back your sins and begin the relationship. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word you provided today. We thank you for all your many, many blessings. Bless us, guide us, keep us safe in the coming week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Until next time, so long.